field, back to Hachimura! Konnichiwa! Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a, took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it, honestly. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up in mind? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Friday morning, or whenever you're listening to this. This is the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, guys. Hey, real quick, Noel. There, I don't know if you know this or not. There's been a lot of confusion on social media regarding the spelling of your name. I wanted to clarify for everybody that's listening. It's spelled N-O-E-L as opposed to N-O-L-E as the soccer coach at the uh, camp. <laughs> Signed your name. He used to call me Hole. <laughs> yeah, and he was freaking British, too. You know, it's a British name, and this guy freaking signs my soccer ball. After knowing me for a week, he signs my name N-O-L-E, like a hole. <laughs> I called you I, I mean, called you Hole a, for a while after that. If I'm not yeah, yeah. Never, I, I lived that one down. <laughs> yeah, morons. It's N-O-E-L. Just like Joel is Joel. It's not Joel. It's Noel. Or like okay? Noel from, uh, what's that band? Like, Oasis. Oh, there you go. Yeah, of course you remember. Because- uh, don't, please, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. That was like one of your like things to get, go f- to field parties and crap and listen to that field shit. Field parties? Yeah. Yeah, was, whatever that, the hell you guys went to. They were, they were mid-90s. You know, that was, that was my sweet spot. You and, you, you and your like geek like worked at a rec center, friends. Hey, I met Rip Hamilton there. All right. So let's, uh, let's not forget that. But <laughs> anyway, um, I wanted to ask you, do you have any big plans for this weekend? Uh, you always ask me that and always come back with the same kind of thing. Not really. Hmm. Um, I mean, still kind of in lockdown, you know. I'm kick the ball around, get some get some sweat going, and uh, watch some watch some sports that are live. You know, I, like I was telling before, like little Bundesliga, and um, start get get a little soccer going, get the blood flowing a little bit, and uh, that's pretty much it. Hmm. Got my yard work done. Not doing that. Took me like three days to recover from doing that, so I'm done. And um, good to go. It takes longer to recover these days, you know. It We're does. Not young men anymore. Man, that backyard, that backyard is a freaking killer. I feel like it's gone from an ant hill to a mountain over the last five years. <laughs> well, I know you didn't ask me because you know you're that's the way yeah, you are. But <laughs> um, I'm actually going to the Outer Banks this weekend. Did I tell you that? Oh yeah, that's right. With yeah. speaking of speaking of Oasis geeks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my high school buddy Adam, he's going to be there, and uh, he's actually an avid listener to the show, so he just heard you say that. <laughs> but uh, it gives me his report every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, so we appreciate that, Adam. But as typical as things go into my life, it's going to rain the entire weekend. But at least good for you. Hey, did. Hey, can I ask you a question? I, I didn't. I meant to ask you this hmm. uh, earlier in the week. Uh, did it rain when you were at Sawgrass? Oh, yeah. killer swing, man! Killer <laughs> swing. It, so everyone, his boss sends him a text message. 
with a picture of his slow-mo swing. This thing took about a minute. I, I think you would be envious of Barkley swing. <laughs> That's what I- the way well, the way this thing this, the way this ball came off. I'm I'm surprised the thing didn't kill someone. Well, let's put it this way. Um, I was rooting for rain the entire time, so I wouldn't actually have to go <laughs> to actual sawgrass. It rained all day, and then magically, when we were done with our meeting in the morning, right at the, the skies opened up, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" But uh, in, in case you didn't know, I suck at golf and I hate it. But oh, I do know. That, well, not you. I'm saying the people that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that uh, that I really look forward to, and it's not something that I really get hey, into. Hey, it was time away from the kids, at least. Well, right, right. And that's kind of where I was going with this little trip to the Outer Banks. It, it, that came yeah. out of nowhere. I uh, I found out two days before that we were going to that meeting, or to that whatever it is, uh, golfing thing with my work, and this I, I had kind of set for about a month, and, and we had this set last month, but because of Hurricane Dorian, we couldn't actually cross the bridge. So we're trying this one again. Of course, it'll be a torrential downpour the entire time I'm there because that's my life and this is how it goes. But at least I will be able to make it to the house this time. So that's exciting. Well, good. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, We also have an Instagram page. Let me get into this real quick. Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. And on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. And we have a YouTube channel as well. I got to get better at um, updating that. Me too. Me too. Yeah. 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 I'm o- I'm only one man. Uh, <laughs> I'm working hard on that, guys, and you know I'm just. I hope you see the effort that I'm putting in. Yeah, Jesus. If you guys only knew. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we also have a Facebook group, so search groups and type in our name, and we'd love to have you join. All right, jumping right into this, the NFL has informed teams that there will be no in-person mini camps in June, and instead, the league has extended its virtual off-season activities period through June 26th. The league did discuss a scenario in which rookies and newly acquired veterans could return to the team facilities before 626, but it's not clear if that's still in play. When players are given the green light for an in-person activities, they'll be required to follow a long list of safety protocols, staying six feet apart, disinfect equipment, players having to wear masks unless they unless they get in the way of athletic activities, quote unquote. So I, I wanted to take a look at this as how it's going to affect the Redskins specifically. This is going to be tough. This is going to be really, really tough on them because I think that being a young team, having a coach for the first year, new playbook on defensive side, on the offensive side, this is going to be a huge blow. I mean, I didn't think they were going to be very good to begin with, but just continuing to extend this offseason as a virtual offseason is going to be a huge blow for especially the beginning of the year more than anything. I mean, they may be able to work their way through halfway through the season and, and kind of figure things out, but everything being virtual, it has to be really difficult learning a new playbook without actually putting into action on the field. So that's really concerning. They got one of the youngest teams in the league, obviously concerning. Veteran teams have the same coaching staff from the prior year and all that are going to have such an advantage over teams like the Redskins, like the Giants, those kind of teams that are really kind of building something. And I don't think it's going to be pretty. No, I, I completely agree with that. Versus, I'm looking at them versus the other teams in the NFC East. I mean, you do have three new coaches minus the Eagles that could have showed up early because they have the new coaches. And now they're not on top of not being able to practice, not being able to do anything, not even just being able to be around each other to build the camaraderie that they don't know the lay of the land. These young guys, it's really putting them behind the eight ball. And I really don't understand why Goodell and the NFL keep putting out these dates. 
they're meaningless. Just like they did with the schedule and everything else. It's like, oh, they want to, they want to put that carrot out there for everyone. You know, the free agency. Well, we're still going to do free agency. Really? You really are. I mean, they're not going to be able to meet anyone. They're not going to be able to do these things. They picked up and you hope you roll the dice and you got the right guy. And just like they did with the draft, thank goodness they got the uh, combine in prior to the lockdown stuff. Otherwise, it would have been a complete disaster. But I'm not really sure what's happening here. You're hurting the younger teams. You're hurting the teams with inexperience like the Redskins by consistently doing this, by setting these dates and then recanting them. And what is the purpose in that? Now they're saying they have the option to do it for another week. Hell, some of the teams are so experienced. They're like, dude, we don't even need to do this anymore. They've given them the option to do it for another week, and then they can extend it for an additional two weeks. Some teams have said, look, we're fine. That's how confident these teams are in their personnel and everything else. The Redskins need every minute possible in order for this team to be somewhat successful this season. And I appreciate the fact that guys are getting together outside on their own personal time to do things with other players and things like that, but you don't even know these guys yet. Right. It's very discerning, and like you said, I don't think that the Redskins Redskins were going to be a good team based on what we did as far as their schedule and records go. And I don't think this is going to help by any means. Help, Matt, they're still talking about having the, the Hall of Fame game. In all, I mean, give me a break, man. What are these people freaking delusional? We're in June. They haven't even touched a football, some of these guys. <laughs> You know, and they're talking about cutting the preseason games down to two and all these things. I'm like, why are you putting the cart before the horse on everything? I I don't get it. They also mentioned pushing the start of the season back to October, potentially. Yeah, that's last thing on the table. That's the last thing they'll change. But right now they're in negotiations about maybe making it a two preseason, just two preseason games. There isn't a season that I've ever given a shit about preseason before, except for this one. The Redskins need every down and every time touching the football that they possibly can we're not talking about fighting for starting jobs here we could potentially be having guys fighting for a position yeah you know i mean we're not talking about depth we're talking about guys off the fucking street i I mean it's like replacement players out there for some of these spots so they need every down they can get and it just really sucks that this happened like this i mean it sucks from top to bottom with everything but As far as the Redskins progressing, it's really slowed that down immensely. And this is going to affect everybody in the league, obviously. But I think the teams like the Patriots, even though Tom Brady's not there, I mean, Bill Belichick's always ahead of the curve regardless. But it's just something like the smartest, most efficient coaches with the most veteran teams more than likely are going to win this year. Absolutely. Completely agree. It's all going to be based on routine. These guys are going to come back into the building, know exact hell. They're going to know where their locker is. You know, I mean, just that alone and knowing where to walk into a building is worth its weight in gold versus like, hey, uh, where do I get the Gatorade? You know, like <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. I mean, just that, taking that off the table, that small 0.01% of things that you don't have to think about helps. Yeah, it's like starting at a new job. Right. You have to learn the new system. Maybe it's a similar system that you had before. And how often do you take bathroom breaks? What, what can you get away with that you can't get away with at your old company? That kind of stuff. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that perfect. stuff takes a little bit of time. Anytime you get a new job, you always like want to fast forward through the first month. Like, let me just get through this break-in period where now I know where everything is. 
I don't have to be completely friendly to every idiot that walks by. There's just certain things that you can get away with. As a veteran, a 13-year veteran, he's like, he walks in, he's like, yo, fuck off. Yeah, right. And he just goes to his locker. These guys are like, huh, um, hey, mister. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> I mean, their, their head's on a swivel, man. So, yeah, it sucks, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, enough of all that, Noel. Okay. So we know what you're all here for. It's another installment of Top 5 Fridays. And today we'll be covering Top 5 Best Sleeper sports movies of all time. So let me explain that for you a little bit. Noel and I were going back and forth. Should we just say top five best sports movies? But that wasn't as fun to us. We, we couldn't get in as in depth. We want to be able to sell these movies to you a little bit and understand what you're missing. So let me go over a couple rules. First and foremost, this list does not include documentaries. Okay, so wipe that off the table completely. The, the bylaws of the top <laughs> five list. Yep. Wipe the documentaries right off the table. Don't count. Don't count. So second... This is not a list of the best sports movies of all time. Our list would be much different than what you're going to get here, right? So you're not going to see Rudy, Remember the Titans, or, or Rocky One, anything like Hoosiers, that. Hoosiers. Like the atypical movies that everybody knows and everybody yeah. says, oh, great movie. Like The Natural, you know, like no shit. Field of Dreams. Those are just movies that like everybody automatically, give or take, puts in their top movies of all time of great sports movies. So we're going a little bit more more obscure we're going you know unheralded movies the movies that people know some people haven't seen and they're underrated piggybacking off of that these are movies that in my personal life and talking to people interacting with people and they're like what movie or no i've never seen that or i've seen parts of it that old standby yeah exactly like the guys that you hung out with that knew who oasis was but don't want to know a good sports movie <laughs> cool got it man are we talking about adam again <laughs> adam we're really sorry no, it was that was an open one. That was open. Just that was a full. That was your posse. That was my comment. posse. Yeah, I, that's, that's some good friends. <laughs> All right, let's get to this thing. I'm ready. Yeah. So if you haven't seen these movies, shame on you. But if you hear about these movies the first time or or know of them but have never seen them, just go see them because they're fucking awesome. Do yourself a favor. No, you start. All right. Number five, Blue Chips came out in 1994. This is actually a movie that's near and dear to my heart. Reason being is because I used to write for, I went to Gaithersburg High School and I used to write for the Blue and Gold, actually for the sports section. So I got a ticket to go to the opening for Blue Chips. I remember this. So, that's right. I remember yeah, this. So I wrote an, a page long review about this movie. So it holds a place in my heart. Nick Nolte was the coach, you know, grizzled like Bobby Knight coach. Total you had Penny Hard Yeah, you had Penny Hardaway. Get these names. Games, though. Anyway, the premise of the movie is there's big recruits, the team is faltering, and Nick Nolte decides he needs to start pressing for better recruits and gets a little dirty in the process. Okay. Right. So, but the, and the recruits that he gets are Penny Hardaway. His name's Butch McRae, right? Solid. Shaq, Neon Boudreau. <laughs> And then you had this guy, Ricky Rowe, who that's the character's name. I don't even know who the hell he was in real life. This is some big white dude. So they had to get some big white guy. And of course, where is he from? French, French Lake, Lake, Indiana. <laughs> in, I mean, the movie's the most stereotypical movie. I mean, it, the acting is horrible. But like Bobby Cousy's in it. He's the athletic director. They had some people in it. And um, really good movie. Very shallow. You don't have to think a lot. It was kind of like the program, if anybody's seen that movie, basketball version. But a really good movie. It was fun. And like I said, it holds a place near to my heart because uh, I got an article out there somewhere about blue chips. The thing that was really cool about that movie to me, I mean, yeah, the acting was terrible. But the thing that was cool was they had like Bobby Hurley there. They had guys of that time period. 
when they filmed those basketball games, they were actually yeah. busting their ass playing a real Hell game. Yeah, they had a beast games. They had like Allen yeah. Houston was in the game and stuff. That game, yeah, man, they battled it. They didn't keep really official score, but yeah, man, they battled it. And then they edited it for the purpose of the movie, but in reality, they were just playing a game and trying to beat each other's ass. Trivia question. What wizard, aka Bullet, was in the movie? Calvert Chaney. Good pull. He played for Indiana in the team, and so was Bobby Hurley. They were the the best backcourt in the country. They had Calvert Chaney and Bobby Hurley in the backcourt when they played Indiana and upset them in the opening game. Yeah, got him. Great. I'm a good beast. Time. I'm yeah, a good beast. job, man. Thanks. I didn't even skip a beat on that. No, you didn't. I didn't think. I thought I was going to stump you there. I really did. All right. What's yours? All right. Uh, mine may surprise some people, but it's a League of Their Own from 1992. Great, great movie. Had Tom Hanks, Gina Gershon, Madonna, even Rosie O'Donnell. Madonna was the whore, in the, if, I, if I'm not <laughs> yeah, mistaken. But this, uh, this and mo- Rosie O'Donnell was the fat friend. Uh, yeah, the stereotypical <laughs> friend. You yeah. Know. But this movie was critically acclaimed. It's, uh, I think, it's in the Library of Congress right now, actually. But it, it was a, it was a big movie. But it's not seen as a big time sports movie by sports fans. It, it wouldn't be something that what you would see on a normal kind of list of sports movies and maybe a top 50 or something, but it's not something that uh, people think about when they think of sports. They think of Rudy and, you know, remember the Titans and things like that. So the fact that the main characters are women was probably a big turnoff, at least to men watching it. At that time. At that time. Absolutely. And so the premise of the movie is it's, it's a true story, but loosely based, very loosely based on lists are right. (laughs) It's set during World War II after all the major league players were set to war. I mean, most of them, at least. So they had to find something else to do with the people that were still hanging around. So they decided to put together a women's league. And this was a real league. And it played one season. And it's a really interesting story. This is also one of Tom Hanks' most underrated roles ever. Absolutely. It may be his number one underrated. Yeah, Complete beast in this movie. And you know who's really good in it, too? Not Sorry to cut you off. That's all right. Love it. Oh, Lovitz yeah. He, I forgot he was beast. in that. He was the right. recruit. Oh, he was so awesome in it. Yeah, the yeah, critic. They, he, yeah, but Hanks, man. Total beast. beast. He just grabs the card out of when she wants him to sign. Like, I took this for my husband. He wants you to sign it. Grabs it completely hungover, just rips it up right in front of her <laughs> face and tosses it and goes, takes like a two-minute straight piss. What a beast. <laughs> yeah, and, and looking at that movie from a higher level, you'd be like, oh, Tom Hanks is in and he's, you know, whatever. But he's he's so awesome in that movie. He's just oh, a, my gosh. He steals it. Just drunk dickhead the entire time. Yeah, just a drunk asshole. I mean, it's so great. <laughs> and actually, fun fact, you probably don't even know this, but this is where the quote from uh, There's No Crying in Baseball came from. That quote is thrown around all the time, yeah. but hey, it came from this one. That might be the only part of the movie that people know. That's yeah. the funny thing about it. And, you know, in the time period we live in now with, you know, Women's World Cup equal pay and all this, you would think the movie might have come back a little bit, but you're yeah. right. I think that a big reason is why if I'm going to watch a sports movie, I'm going to watch it with guys in it. So, yeah. yeah. So, all right, let's, uh, let's move on. No, what's your number four? Number four is... We're going obscure here, ladies and gentlemen. We're going obscure. There's probably three people on the planet that know this movie. Actually, and that's including me. My father and Massimo are probably the only other two. And maybe Ziodino are the only other three four people that know it. And they don't listen to the show. No, so, and they don't uh, listen to it. Yeah, Pop does. Pop does. I met Massimo. Yeah, yeah. Zionino. So uh, the movie's called Victory. In some places, it's called Escape to Victory. 
So, but you can look it up with victory. All right. So it's got Sylvester Stallone in it, Michael Caine, Pele, Bobby Moore, who was on the 1966 English national team. Basically, here's the premise of the movie, because I'm sure a lot of you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. It's a movie (laughs) going back to the World War II thing that you were talking about with the League of Their Own. This is a POW camp. Michael Caine's in it. He's a former national player for England. They just got a bunch of different nationalities that are POWs during World War II at this camp. And it's kind of a more lax camp. So they can play rec soccer. They're not out there shoveling shit all day long, you know, and, and not being fed. So anyway, one of the head German guys who was on the German national team comes by and sees these guys playing and says, hey, what do you think about setting up a game, your guys versus the German national team? So that's the premise of the movie is now this, now they get them uniforms and things like that and set up this game. And the whole part of the movie is the game. And of course, Sylvester Stallone is the American guy, sucks at soccer. So where do they throw him? Because Americans are good with hands, so they put them in goal. So the build-up to it is, okay, we can play this game, we can play the German national team, we can build up confidence and build up unity in Europe, and also, in the meantime, figure out maybe a way to escape while we're doing this game. So Pele's a beast in it. I mean, he his acting is horrible. He says, like, three lines, like, duh. You put me in. And then that's pretty much it. And like he does his trademark bicycle, you know, and they even do it in slow motion. But it's a really good movie. It was made in 1981 and everybody should check it out. It's a really good movie. Yeah, you brought that one up to me. I, I've i heard of it, but I've never seen it. So I have nothing to add. You should check so it out. There you go. Seriously, it's a really good movie. It's simple. It's not too long. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got the war in it. It's got soccer in it. It's got espionage. It's got a little bit yeah, of I'm everything. A, I'm a big World War II buff, yeah. so that's I mean, right down my alley. Don't uh, stick to, uh, like you said, our list is loosely based on facts. So let's keep <laughs> it that way, too. All right. So my number four is The Wrestler in 2008. <sighs> yeah, you, uh, look, you can't make fun of me about this one. This was actually a very good movie and critically acclaimed. Yeah. And No, it was. And, and it's close to my heart because I like wrestling. <laughs> But it had uh, Mickey Rourke, who made his long-awaited return to the big screen. It had been a while. And uh, Marissa Tomei. Uh, I'm not going to get into detail what you see on Marissa Tomei on that one. Oh, but yeah, I forgot. Check she, the movie I actually out. forgot she was in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. too busy looking at freaking Rourke's clay face the entire time. <laughs> it looked like it was sculpted out of, you know, that Spider-Man evil villain? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my God. He it, was. He was. He was hideous. Wasn't he an Iron Man? He was an Iron yeah, Man actually, later on. Yeah. Thank, thanks to the wrestler. Thanks to the wrestler. Thanks to the wrestler. He had his little little comeback because of that. He was nominated yeah, for an Oscar very, for that movie. Yeah, he, it, was, it was a great movie. The word on the street is this, this This was loosely based off of Jake the Snake Roberts and his horrible life after wrestling. I promise you, Jake has a much worse life than Mickey, <laughs> than uh, this version of the wrestler. But so the, the movie is it's Rourke's character is Randy the Ram. And he used to make a ton of money in the 80s, wrestled in front of thousands upon thousands of fans, you know, all over stadiums, things like that. And the movie is about his life after that, you know, living in a trailer, still wrestling in front of 10 or 20 people and independent shows and things like that. It, it has a very documentary feel to it. It's an unsteady cam the entire time. The whole so thing like is following office. around. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's it's really good, though, because it was close to my heart because it's a real depiction of what these guys go through. So many wrestlers after their life and, you know, due to drugs, alcohol, blowing through their money, whatever the case may be. And I mean, I, I'm not going to go into the issues of wrestling Thank after. Thank you. Re- Thank you. Yes, I, I won't. But it was just a great movie, great acting. And I highly recommend it, it if you have time it, to go it check it out. It was a good movie. It was a good movie. When it comes to wrestling, you and your, your, your posse. 
You guys have a serious inferiority complex. You're like, see, we made a mainstream movie. See, like it's up for this an Oscar. Even- see, like we're not <laughs> dorks. Like they could make a good movie about wrestling. See, the movie was all right. Yeah. If it wasn't about wrestling, it would have been a pretty good movie for you. I mean, I liked it. Well, that's, I can't look. I I'm not. I, say- I can't stand looking at that dude's face. That's what all, well, that's, that's what, what all, I understand he was a beat up wrestler and, you know, time took its toll on his body and his mind and his face. But at the end of the day, I knew that he wasn't a wrestler. And I know that guy looks like somebody wiped their ass with his face. That was the biggest issue for me. It's like, like it's okay. Cause he's an idiot. Cause he's a wrestler, but I know that he's not one. Well, he was playing one, Noel, and that's what movies are all about. I mean, okay. yeah, he was typecasted for that one, that's for sure. <laughs> Punch drunk. No, the, uh, apparently the director, I, f- I forget his name, Ar- Arlovsky, I think it is. No um, this was an independent film. He refused to make the film with, without having Mickey Rourke in it. Because I think of that reason, he looked like a complete disaster. <laughs> and he was like, this this guy they can believe. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, good. I'm all right. So like what it. are we at? We're at number three. Number three. three. Oh, this one's yeah. good. This is a great poll by me, and I love it. I love it, and I don't care what anybody thinks. Mr. Baseball. Oh, my <laughs> God, what a movie. 1992, Mr. Baseball. Tom Selleck movie. So good. Uh, I've seen this movie a thousand times, and, you know, this is what really gets me going with, like, the Sarahata-o. I mean, this is like, I love <laughs> Japanese baseball beca- basically because of this movie. So, basically, the premise of the movie, if nobody's seen it, came out in 1992, is he's a has-been baseball player that played for the Yankees. Of course, he always playing for the Yankees. And nobody wants him anymore. The guy played like shit his final year. He's on his last legs. And so the only team that wants him is the Nagoya Dragons in Japan. And he's like, what the hell? He's like, I'm too freaking good. I was an all-star. His agent's like, look, asshole, if you want to still play baseball, this is where you got to go. So he goes out to Japan and just that's where the antics ensue. You know, it's um, hey, he's a celebrity when he gets off the plane. I mean, everybody loves him, gets into it with the manager. And it's just so great. The back and forth between him and the manager. And then eventually, as the movie goes, I'm not going to spoil it, but even though you should have seen the damn movie by now, it's freaking like 30 years old. I would I would venture to say that 95% 95% of the people listening have not, have not seen, seen this, movie. this movie. Well, check it out. It's fun, man. It's fun. It's so and, good. You know, and so Tom good. Selleck, you know, people don't think of him as like a guy that you really want to go see in a movie, but I'll tell you, he kills it. Absolutely. He, no pun intended, knocks it out of the park. <laughs> Great movie. Um, it's just, it's got everything in it. I think a common theme here is with movies that we really like, the guy was just a total yeah, dickhead yeah, the whole time. Total, reminds me of myself, you know? It's like, I'm looking at yeah. him like, if I was a baseball player, that's how I would be. Except yeah. for yeah, I mean, Mickey Rourke doesn't remind me of myself, but yeah, beyond that, just uh, just just all around assholes that usually have a decent heart at the end of the day, and yeah. they have a good heart. They're just grizzled in some way. They don't feel like dealing with people, situations, idiots. Sounds kind of like me, but yeah, a great freaking movie. On. I highly recommend it, and it's on all the time. But do not watch the edited version. Watch the full yeah, rated trash. R version of Mr. Baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And what you were saying, craziness ensues. Obviously, he's in Japan. There's all the cultural differences. He's this massive white guy sitting at little tables, taking his shoes off, right. slurping on, on the soup. Noodles, yeah, you know, all these so things on the it's noodles. So like It's a great movie. So yeah, underrated. The co- I mean, and the commercial I- that he does when they put him in the sumo suit. Big body, happy <laughs> feeling. You know, shit like that. It's so great. You guys got to watch it. It's, it's a great movie. Yeah. So my number three is the most underrated Rocky movie of all of them. It is Rocky Balboa. 
made in 2006. I promise you, this is by far the most underrated Rocky movie. This was many years after Rocky V. So I, the thing I really liked about this movie was, and people don't even discuss this movie when referring to Rocky movies. It's either one, two, four, sometimes three, little clubber lang thrown in. But I'm a huge fan of the Rocky movies. And I was I love this movie when I saw it. And the big quote that he that Rocky says to his son, that's always floating around social media, but that's from this movie. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. When he said the, you know, when you get hit, you got to hit harder or whatever the hell he says, you know the right. whole thing, Noel, right? It's, the reason I like it is because it's a real throwback, kind of stripped down version of Rocky, kind of a throwback to Rocky 1 and 2 before it got all commercialized with three, four, and five to an extent. Five doesn't exist. Uh, five, five doesn't exist. You're right. God. But it does in this world because he lost all of his money. So it's not like he was back to having, you know, white tigers in his mansion or anything like that. I mean, he was he was living paycheck to paycheck, yeah, it looked a, like yeah, back in Philly. Restaurant. He was in humble humble Adrian's. Yeah, Adrian's. He was in humble humble beginnings. You know, and had his little place back in his old stomping grounds. It was a fun movie, you know, and um, yeah. it, it was kind of a retread of the old stuff. It went back to its roots. You know, Paulie turned out to be a real piece of crap. You know, I always loved oh, Paulie all the time, but man, he piggybacked off of Rocky and then lost everything and lost it. Sucked yeah, him dry. Sucked him dry. But yeah, the big thing was if people haven't seen it, like you said, you know, it's his rebound. It's one more time. Let's go one more time. That was always yeah. his his mantra. One more dance. Let's go. And he went against uh, what is it? Antonio Tarver was it? What, what, yeah, he he. What was his name Mason in this? Dixon uh, line uh, or something. Ma- Mason, Mason the line Dixon. Dixon. That's right. I mean, if, th- if that's not the most Rocky name you've ever <laughs> heard, my god. But the funny thing is, is that they weren't doing heavyweight. That that fight actually, Antonio Tarver gained weight for gained the role. Weight, right, beast at that time. That's why they put him in the movie. And he ended yeah. up putting on a bunch of weight for the movie and was shit after that. <laughs> He put on the wrong the kind wrong of weight. Kind of I mean, weight he was right. like, he was yeah, fat. Yeah, no, movie. and he never rebounded in his professional career after that movie. He never, he was never the same after that movie. Yeah, I think a big thing is I didn't expect much from it when I went to go see yeah. it. Um, even though I am a big Rocky fan, but it was a very emotional movie. You know, Adrian died before that, and like you said, the fight was awesome. There were a couple at, at parts the end. that I, were a little bit, you know, all right. When he meets the lady, the hostess lady. Oh with yeah, the she, kid. she was awful. I was like, come on, yeah. just give to the fighting part. So Stallone likes to write in these little subplots to make them more human, and it's just like, oh, well, I don't care. That's what I don't care about that. But that's why people like Rocky. Rocky won won Best Picture. It wasn't based off the fight. No, no, it was based off the story behind I understand, it. But at the at the, this was so shallow, this was like no. number seven already. <laughs> we don't need like little subplot backstory things on. I like trying to rekindle with his son. That part was good. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't need this subplot of like the hostess and trying to help this kid out. Crap. Whatever. Anyway, the movie was good. I like Th- this. This was Rocky Six, um, not Rocky Seven. Rocky Seven was Adrian's Revenge. In case you're AKA wondering, AKA The Simpsons. <laughs> Rocky Seven, Adrian's Rocky Revenge. Seven. <laughs> Go back and look yeah. that one up. Anyway, um, all right. What's your number two? I mean, so far, I think I'm on fire. I don't know. Maybe I'm conceited. My next movie's Tin Cup. Great freaking movie. Great movie. 1996. Great freaking movie. I was never a huge Kevin Costner guy. Never have been. No. Kind of annoyed. Always seemed like a smug. Just thought he was better than people. But in this movie, beast, man. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. Every character was awesome in this movie. It really was, except for her. I mean, she was all right. I mean, you always got to have like that female romance crap going on. 
But right. Cheech was completely awesome in it. Romeo, his caddy. What a beast. Like, they're, yeah. they're antics back and forth. Who has, whoever hasn't seen it, he owns a driving range, a shitty driving range in Texas. It's like a range. It's a dirt hole that you can hit balls <laughs> off of. So he's always been a good golfer that just never fully applied himself or never made that big break. He decides for whatever reason that he gets his head straight for five minutes to decide to go and try to qualify for the U.S. Open and does so. And then that's what ensues. And he gets into the U.S. Open and the tale continues. I don't want to mess it up for anybody, but it's a great freaking movie. The ups and downs. He, he bets a guy for clubs, you know, a, a car versus clubs, and he's using yard tools on the course, and he beats the guy with, like, a shovel and a freaking rake, you know, in order to get his clubs back. It was just a great movie. Yeah, really good. And, again, total dick, yeah. him the entire time, which his best role. I'm in total agreement. Kevin Costner yeah, sucks. I don't like him. He's the worst. And never made any really good movies, in my opinion. Uh, Waterworld, maybe, <laughs> was... Uh, <laughs> totally kidding but um it, it was fun i think that the love story kind of yeah. it didn't it didn't get on my top five because of that it was a little it, it got a little sappy at the end but it was funny but primarily the well, majority of the movie and i'm not going to give it away but what potentially would have moved it down my list and maybe off of it is the way the u.s open plays out let's leave it that way let's leave yeah. it that way leaves leaves a little bit of a taste but we can we can leave yes. it there all right so my number two is one of the greatest movies, even outside of sports movies, is Kingpin. Oh my god! From nineteen ninety six, so good. I, you know, it's crazy though, Noel. I I think you and I are the only two people that I know that actually have watched that movie. <laughs> I, maybe not, you're not the case. I try to sell this movie to people, it's crazy, and they don't watch man. it. It's crazy. It's like, is it that hard? I mean, you've got Woody Harrelson, Bill Murray, who's like had this resurgence that all these millennials love right. Bill Murray now for some reason, uh, Randy Quaid. And it was done by the guy, the Farley brothers who did dumb and dumber. Right. I mean, what, what else do you need? <laughs> the movie's amazing. And, and like, that's my sales pitch. And they're like, yeah, I'll check it. it. It's about bowling. It is, but it isn't. It's one of the funniest movies. Absolutely. Of all time. It's so good. I mean, you got Roy Munson, who uh, Woody Harrelson <laughs> plays. You got Ernie McCracken, who Bill Murray plays. Two of the best characters ever created in film. <laughs> if you really think about it. On, on the same yeah. movie. Two total scumbags. <laughs> just what he said had a little more heart to him, but it took him a while. A long while. A show long that. while. A long while. <laughs> and then Big Earn, my God. I oh, mean, what a piece. What a, of, you want to talk the, about pieces <laughs> of shit. Woo. I mean, just thinking of, of parts of that movie when, when Woody was, was eating the <laughs> eating the soup. In the uh, in the restaurant, he's like, uh, "Eat the rest of that outside." <laughs> yeah. Bill, a big urn. Oh man! The, I mean, there, there's just so many seats. There's yeah, just so many parts of that movie. I mean, it, it, the fat bowling guys, and I mean, just every character in it is perfect for it. Who can be more of a piece of shit in the movie? More. That's really the goal. Right. And they've got this poor Amish guy. The the, the casting's absolutely ridiculous because he's supposed to be a kid. And it's, it's Randy Quaid <laughs> playing this guy. And he's an Amish guy that I guess Woody Harrelson sees something in him and that he, hey, let's take him to this tournament. It's a million dollar tournament. Let's win this damn thing because Woody Harrelson lost his hand. He doesn't think he can bowl, but so he's a piece of shit. He's totally taking advantage of this Amish kid. Bill right. Murray's on the other side, who's like the star bowler right now, who's just everybody loves, but he, just behind the scenes is just the most disgusting, like a televangelist, you know, <laughs> just like an awful human being. It's just just an amazing freaking movie. Yeah. Top to yeah. bottom. So good. It, it ends exactly. 
exactly the way it's supposed Absolutely. to end. It begins the way. I mean, yeah. it's just like it doesn't. It, it never forgets itself right. as a movie. It, it, it knows what it is, and it doesn't move into the schmaltzy some weird... crap at the end. That yeah. all of a sudden everything ends well, and all of a sudden he becomes yeah. this super good guy. I knew you were good all along. Yeah. That crap. It ends the way that it should. Everybody ends up being who they are. It just moves yeah. on. It's just a great movie. The soundtrack is good. So good. Everything comes. Oh my god! In. Yeah. I mean, it's just top to bottom, just a phenomenal movie. And you're right; it is shocking to me the amount of people that haven't <laughs> seen this movie, the amount of shit it's that like is out there. It's like pulling teeth, and you know, you know, and you were talking about these millennials with Bill Murray. They like him because he's like in this serious stuff now, like and all that. Like he's a real actor now. The, the only thing they they liked him in is like when he was in Zombieland for a cameo appearance. Like, see, he still keeps it real, but he's a real actor now. <laughs> Nobody likes him for, God. they don't appreciate him for like Ghostbusters and shit like that like we do. Yeah. Well, I think this is Bill Murray's best role ever. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any any doubt about uh, that. Like, if why you did they give him a, have not gave him the comb over? You know, like he's already bald <laughs> anyway. They could have done that. So they put a freaking thing on his head to make him bald again with a comb over. It's so awesome. It's like, it's so pointless and it's so dumb. But you're like, wow, that really fucking works. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, Everybody likes Dumb and Dumber. I promise you, if you take an hour and a half to sit down yeah. in this movie, there's no new movies coming out. Watch yeah, this fucking absolutely. movie. All right? Anyway. All right. What is your number one, My Noel? number one is taking it on to a more serious note now that we've got out of the comedy realm of sports. Mm. And it's uh, Raging Bull. It was made in 1980. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's about Jake LaMotta, a boxer. Robert De Niro plays him. Joe Pesci's in it. He's his brother. I mean, it's the usual suspects that do these movies. I mean, Joe Pesci's in a, in a De Niro movie? <laughs> yeah. what, what, what's Scorsese going on? does the movie. I mean, it's just like your atypical thing. But the movie's done in black and white. And um, this thing was nominated for eight Oscars. De Niro won uh, Best Actor. It's just about how LaMotta came into the middleweight division. Your typical Italian from the streets. Fought his way up. And his life throughout. De Niro, when they did the later time of Lamont after he retired and became like a nightclub owner and stuff, he gained freaking 60 pounds for the role. When he was like old fat Lamada. He's a true just, thespian, that, yeah, that uh, just De Niro. An ama- just an amazing movie. The boxing scenes in it. They even do the timeline correctly. Just everything's good. Now, this movie's long. It's an investment. It's a Ten Commandments investment here. <laughs> so, but it is an amazing movie. The antics between the two of them. And it's not that old, tired De Niro and Joe Pesci, because this was in 1980, you know, it was still fresh. Now everybody knows them and they've done a million movies together and everything else. And you want to talk about a piece of shit, De Niro? Woo! Like jealous asshole (laughs) wearing the wife beater Italian with stains on it? Shit, watch this movie. You think he's crazy in other movies? He's a crazy asshole in this. So check that out. And Joe Pesci's actually the more calm one. He's like trying to keep him at bed. I mean, he's just a, he's a crazy championship boxer. But, you know, if you look back on the reality of it, Lamont, everybody knows Sugar Ray Robinson right back in the 40s. One of the great boxers of all time. The battles that these two had, I mean, toe to toe. And one of the famous lines of the movie is, you never knock me down, Ray. You never knock me down. And because they had five fights together, Jake knocked him out in one, put him out of the ring. And the other fights, they went decisions every single time, whether unanimous or split decisions. 
And the last thing, I mean, De Niro's face looks like... Sw- you, the, you cri- th- you, the crimson yeah, mask. Cr- you think that freaking Rocky looked bad after Rocky won when he's <laughs> yelling Adrian? And he's just sitting there and they're carrying him off. He's like, you never knocked me down, Ray. In five fights, he never knocked him down. Just an amazing movie. And that time period of boxing, and if you look even at the documentaries, it's just so interesting, the nostalgia. And boxing was just so huge back then. It was just such an enormous sport. These guys were kings. An amazing movie. Well, that was a very good sales Thank job, you. Noel. I actually want to watch you it now. Check, seriously, Matt. Embar- I'm, in, I'm, I'm embarrassed, embarrassed for I'm you embarrassed. that you haven't seen the movie. Especially being an Italian-American. You should, it's like an automatic. It's, it's like you blend up pasta in your baby bottle. <laughs> You know, you, you, <laughs> I, I've actually never. This is also embarrassing. Never seen Goodfellas. Are you fucking kidding me, man! It's not. Ne- it's just never what happened. Mean, never happened. Just one of those You're telling things. People to watch freaking the wrestler, and you've never seen Goodfellas or freaking. <laughs> I mean, li- listen to this guy, everyone. Listen to him. I want you to hear what's coming out of his mouth right now. This guy is selling up the wrestler like it's one of the epic movies of all time with Leatherface on there. And this guy's never seen Goodfellas. I just want you to hear that. All right, let's move on. I'm disgusted it's just, right now. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that'll be my homework for this weekend. When it's raining the entire weekend, you maybe I'll Adam find time watch to watch it. a movie. Well, yeah. After you watch we'll your Oasis, popcorn, well. old Oasis footage. <laughs> all right. So, uh, for me, my number one is a much less serious movie, White Men Can't Jump, 1992, which I was really surprised wasn't on your list. You may have your own reasons for that, but this would be my number one movie on a standard sports movie list. This one, in my age bracket, really flies under the radar. There's a lot of people that haven't seen this movie, and I have to do the sell job just as I did with Kingpin with them. You know, a lot of the jokes and stuff, very 90s. The clothes, very 90s, but it's an amazing movie. This is a movie that I can watch anytime that it's on, not to watch on anything but a rated R platform because it's it's not good. There's lots of cursing, lots of mama jokes, things like that. TNA. It's just, I mean, it's got it all. TNA. It's got it all. What makes a movie a classic to me is that I can sit down and watch it whenever Absolutely. it's on, like Shawshank yeah. Redemption or watching Seinfeld. I can watch the last 15 minutes of Seinfeld and know exactly where I'm at, and it's perfect. That is same thing. It's This movie never gets old to me. It's incredible how many people haven't seen this movie. I mean, you've got Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Ironically, he's in my top two, Woody Harrelson. I mean, s- uh, such an underrated actor, man. Like, he's done it oh, all. Oh, that's top, yeah, we're talking about underrated. Top, top, speaking yeah. of underrated, just top to bottom, serious roles, funny roles. The guy can do it all. Yeah, so the movie, if, you have, if you've never heard of it or haven't seen it, it's about streetball hustlers, more or less. A lot of black and white stereotypes on both ends. They make fun of everybody. That's what I think is really fun about the movie. They're not picking out a specific group of people. It's just making fun of everybody. White guys win sometimes. Black guys win sometimes. It's not... It's not just, you know, shitting, oh, you know, white guys can't play basketball. It's it's in the title of the movie, essentially. But if you see the movie, you'll know that that's not really the case. So, I mean, amazing one-liners. Uh, you know, Opie's been pissing on you, for instance. Your mother's an astronaut. So many good things. And if you've never seen this movie, or if you're the, the person that says, I've seen parts of it, go watch it now, the unedited version. There's no new movies out. They're not coming out for a long time. So do yourself a favor and go back and watch this movie. Yeah, for me, the reason why I didn't have it on this my list is because I'm older than you. 
And a lot more people right. have seen the movie during my time. Mine would be on my all-time list, not my unheralded list or sleeper list. That's why I didn't put it on there. Because if you haven't seen this movie, to me, you're a moron. It yes. Really. That's why I don't even think about it. I'm like, really? You haven't seen White Man Can't Jump? Like, even more than Kingpin. Like, definitely more than Kingpin. I'm like, let me get this straight. You like sports movies and you haven't seen White Man Can't Jump. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. Right. Man. That's how I think of it when people say they haven't seen it and they say they like sports. Because it's a basketball hustle blacktop game. And what made it so great is like it's almost like a do the right thing style movie. It's people just aren't taking each other so damn seriously. They're bullshitting with each mm-hmm. other. They're not worried about, oh, what everybody thinks. I mean, it was a different time period a little bit back then as well. Just the antics between these players and the shit talking, it was so real. I mean, it, it was just just a great freaking movie. Uh, and the acting in it was amazing from top to bottom. It was just a movie I've seen a million times and I could watch it another million. But if you like sports movies, and especially if you're in my generation, I'm just as ashamed that you haven't watched White Man Can't Jump as my brother hasn't seen Goodfellas. <laughs> I can't believe that I admitted that in front of the world wow, here. I, I mean, I can't believe you, you know? kept that inside for this long. That's like you're coming out well, of the it's, it's tough. protection program, man. <laughs> It's it's a tough thing to admit, and I just haven't haven't had time to okay. sit down and watch it. All right, let's really quick go through some honorable yeah. mentions. I think you have I one, do. and I have and one. This is a shout out, and I was I was kind of mulling over a list to do, and my son walked in the room. My son Ryan, he walks into the room and he says, "Daddy, what names you got on there?" And I said, "Well, I'm doing some obscure ones." And he he said, "Do you have cool runnings on there?" I hadn't even thought about it, and Jeez. I was ashamed of myself for not thinking of cool runnings. He came up with this like off the cuff, like as he's walking in the room. And I'm like, man, if anybody hasn't seen Cool Runnings, another great movie, John Candy in it, made in 1993. Um, it's about the Jamaican bobsled team. Just a fun movie to watch. It was made by Disney, but not really a Disney. I mean, there's cussing in it and stuff like that too, a little bit. It's not white man can't jump cussing, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun movie to watch. Just a, just a good movie. I always liked Cool Running, seen it a million times. For some people that might be up on a pop, more popular list, like, yeah, of course, Cool Runnings. But for my 11 year old son to say Cool Runnings was, no pun intended, cool to me. Well, for Cool Runnings, my age bracket, I mean, that was like yeah. the movie. That and The Sandlot, kind of the same time period. We were talking about it before. I mean, Beast movie, but that's not going to be in my honorable benches, but because it's too known. It's, it would never, I would hey, never hey, do everyone, that. real God. quick, I'm going to cut gonna, them off gonna... for a second. I think Sandlot sucked, okay? I know it's what an idiot. It's blasphemy. How dare you? America's game and just boys playing America's game. The movie was shit. I hated it. I've seen it twice wow. in my life. And the second time, I don't even think I saw it the whole way through. The kids are ugly in it. They're obnoxious. They're <laughs> geeks. And I don't like the movie. I hated it. Done. We can end that there. I really wanted to get that out, though. Like, I've been, right. I don't think I've said it in such a way before. It feels good. Well, I'm glad. I, I hope that made you feel better. But you just offended probably 99% of our audience with that. So thank you. But anyway, so I'll do my last honorable mention. <laughs> uh, this is going to be good. No Are holds barred. Kidding me, man. Um, Ni- <laughs> 1989. All right. You want to talk about Under the Radar? It's under some. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan and Tiny Lister. For all those who don't know, Debo from Friday. That was him. Zeus. That was Zeus. Yeah. 
So ridiculous movie, but I was, I mean, let's, I know it's not good, but I think it's just fun to talk about. I was so obsessed with this movie when I was younger for obvious reasons. I mean, and you you can make fun of me all you want, Hogan, back in the day. I mean, you were, you were just as big of a fan as I was. I was a kid. I mean, who wasn't? I was a kid. (laughs) It's like like rooting for a Superman girl. Yeah. Do you still, do you believe Superman has real powers? uh, I don't believe Superman's (laughs) real at all. I've actually met Hulk Hogan, so. (laughs) <laughs> Idiot. Anyway, so Hogan played Rip. That was We're going basically over the plot and the character. Oh, hold on, real quick. It's a, uh, no, no. I'm not going too deep. Rip was basically Hulk Hogan, just wearing blue and white instead of his normal red and yellow wrestling gear. So the plot goes quickly. There's an evil TV producer that created what was called the Battle of the Tough Guys, which I thought was a really solid name. Um, even when I was like seven, I thought it was ridiculous. But anyway, so after Rip denied this TV producer's blank check to work for his TV station, he created this battle of the tough guys. He bought this guy, Zeus, who was Tiny Lister, and utilized Zeus to destroy Rip, aka Hulk Hogan. It was great. And, and craziness ensued thereafter. Uh, amazing quotes, What's one specifically. What's that smell? <laughs> it's that smell. fucking beast Beast. anyway that same scene um hulk hogan broke all uh laws of physics and exploded through the roof of a a limousine yes you remember this everybody i'm sorry that we wasted your time with this one the movie was probably one of the worst movies ever created by man you know a little known fact that movie was actually written by hulk hogan and vince mcmahon over a single weekend probably tons of drug use was included with that i would assume Locked themselves in a hotel room and just got blitzed and wrote uh, one of the greatest <laughs> movies of our time. Yeah. I mean. Well, good. He, he got it in, that. everyone. I, it, that that one even blindsided me. I didn't think he was going to go that <laughs> low, but he did. He did it. Craig, that was for you. Anyway, uh, that was fun. As always, uh, we are on all major podcast platforms. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is a huge help. I'm seeing more and more people sharing our links on social media. So thank you for that. That is very, very helpful. And we're seeing our audience rise because of that. So it's very easy. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, whatever, just share it. I don't have the same friends that you do. Noel doesn't as, as well. Actually, he doesn't have Facebook <laughs> at all. But anyway, one day you might get it. But again, um, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the Facebook group. And thank you for listening. And we will see you Monday. I hope you guys have a great Good night, weekend. Fun.